The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. All right, so as we told you back in May of 2010, BC moved to largely decriminalize drunk driving. Manitoba has adopted a similar approach since. Mothers Against Drunk Driving supports the policy. Uh, the organization has said it means that it allows for stronger prevention measures and fewer cases weighing down the courts. Alberta, there's talk that uh, it's considering it as well. Curious to know if the, the change in how, the, uh, the, how this is all handled have had the desired effect or decreased Increase the number of drunk driving cases. We're joined this afternoon by Paul Doroshenko, criminal defense lawyer at Acumen Law Corporation in Vancouver. Hey, Paul. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be here. Now, first off, how does this work? Well, in BC, uh, what we do now is when you're pulled over at the roadside, you blow into a roadside breath test, you're, you're, you're under threat of a criminal charge at that point. They threaten you and tell you if you refuse, it's a criminal charge. But then they don't charge you with a criminal charge in the end. You blow a fail, they don't take you back to the police station. They just give you a 90-day driving prohibition right there on the basis of that roadside breath tester. Uh, result and that uh, and that's basically the end of it. After that, there's some a bunch of fines. They don't tell you what they are at the start. There's a seven-day window to file for dispute. If you miss that seven days, then you're out of luck. If you file it in dispute uh, and you're not successful, or you don't file it in dispute, then that's when everything starts rolling out all the punishment. But you don't get that criminal record, do you? You don't get a criminal record on the first so time. If you're con- yeah, if you're convicted of a criminal offense, you get a minimum one-year driving prohibition, fine, and a criminal record. But they also take you back to the detachment. They collect better evidence by using an approved instrument. You get a you get due process. You get to go to court and you can challenge the evidence. And you know if you're innocent, you you're acquitted. With the uh, with the immediate roadside prohibition scheme we've got here, it's a presumption of guilt. Mm. Uh, and uh, basically, I mean, people do, we, we challenge them and we succeed challenging them. Uh, but a lot of innocent people end up stuck with these things. I'm stuck with them. Okay, so and, and the fines, do you know what the fines are like? Uh, the fines for an immediate roadside prohibition, you've got a $500 fine. There's a $250 license reinstatement fee. In BC, you have to pay something called the driver risk premium, which is about 500 bucks. You've got to pay for the towing and storage of your vehicle yeah. and then whatever insurance consequences. So people have reported to me that it's cost them between five dollars and $10,000. It looks like a $500 fine when you've got the thing and you, you know, your seven days go by. Uh, you've also got to take a course that costs you $930. It's a minimum one-day course. That's the lowest price tier for it. Uh, the government gets a kickback on that course. It's, a, it's basically turned drunk driving uh, from a, a money-losing scheme where you had rights uh, to a scheme where the government's you know, making money off you and you lose your, your rights under the charter. Now, Mad Canada is saying BC has seen a 50% decrease in alcohol-related deaths <clears throat> since it adopted the new policy. Um, Got nothing to do with the policy. That's so what I was going to ask you. <laughs> same, same decrease in Quebec where yeah. they don't have that policy. Same decrease in Manitoba. Yeah. So we've got cars now are, are much safer. We've got airbags everywhere. We've got cars. You know, my, my Honda won't collide with another vehicle. It'll stop first. Mm-hmm. Uh, every car these days has, uh, has some sort of stability control system. Cars are just that much safer. We've seen uh, impaired driving rates in B.C. not decline a bit. And in fact, from year to year, we've seen a 1,500 uh, people more uh, over a previous year from 2017 to 2018. So we've seen basically between 13,000 and 15,000 of these things issued every year since hmm. it came out. Uh, the, the, the greatest 
decrease we saw in deaths in the province was in the six-month period where the law was struck down as being unconstitutional before it was reintroduced. So it was struck down November 30th, 2011. It was reintroduced June 15th, 2012. In that period where we didn't have this scheme, yeah. we had the fewest number of deaths of any six-month period. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Paul, um, you know, one of the things they're saying is that it'll help clear up the, uh, the, you know, the courts. Has that happened at all in BC? Uh, well, there's a fascinating thing that takes place. So it moves from provincial court to the Superior Court, and in Alberta, the uh, Queen's Bench. So we are so backlogged in the Superior Courts because what happens is people get these things. Uh, we have a hearing. The hearing is in front of a tribunal of the Superintendent of Motor Vehicles Office. Uh, it's not really a satisfactory hearing for most people. It's just a hearing over the phone on the paper. Uh, the um, You get a decision uh, upholding the driving prohibition, and then your next step is to take it to the Superior Court. So mm-hmm. the equivalent of the Queen's Bench in Alberta. And now we have thousands of these things filed. Uh, in uh, BC Superior Court, and if we're successful, they go back. But the poor person suffered most of the consequences. Uh, they just don't want it on their record, so it, it shifted it, and that was the first step. Uh, the next step was if a person gets a second one of these, the police are supposed to arrest them, take them back, and then they end up going to criminal court. Now we're seeing a lot of the people, and because it's not really a discouragement to most people, it's kind of almost an incentive. Oh, well, I got a 90-day driving prohibition, no big deal. We're seeing a big increase in criminal impaireds again. Yeah. So now we're starting to see them starting to fill our courts up. So it's a, a short-term win in the provincial court uh, and a, a little bit of lag time before it shows up in the superior court. Ultimately, it ends up dragging down the superior court and the provincial court. It would seem to me. It would seem to me that having that criminal record would still be the uh, one of the biggest deterrents. Well, besides not hurt, you know, hurting someone. But you know, but having that on your record and having to deal with that job-wise, travel-wise in the future, to me, that would be a stronger deterrent. Uh, well, the fascinating thing is, it isn't actually. The, 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 the deterrent. The only deterrent that seems to work is uh, uh, fear of being caught, uh, fear of apprehension. So. If people think they're going to be caught, they won't drink and drive. Uh, And it's just as simple as that. If they think they can get away with it, then you know what? They'll just go and and drink and drive, especially people, because they're not making a good rational decision, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, they've they've been drinking, which leads to them making the stupid decision to drink and drive and misassess their their own condition. So it's not, you know, the criminal record... I, I think the, the public embarrassment yeah. um, is is a larger fear. The thing that we found with the criminal charges is that um, people are facing a criminal charge, and it can be months before the thing is resolved. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will think to themselves, you know what, i got to turn it around. That judge is going to see right through my soul. I'm going to stop drinking. A lot of people do. They stop drinking when they've got a criminal charge, and they turn themselves around. Unfortunately, they go to court, and then they end up with a criminal record. With the 90-day driving prohibition IRP scheme we have in B.C., they're basically back onto the bar stool the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's no disincentive. There's no discouragement. There's nothing to stop them. You know, the, the, the next day, they, they, they're out. they got a 90-day driving prohibition. They're like, well, no big deal. I'm not driving. Interesting. <laughs> you know what? We're out of time. I want I want to thank you for joining me and shedding some light on this. Appreciate it. Always good to chat with you. It's my pleasure. Nice to speak Take with you. Take care. Paul Doroshenko joining us this afternoon from Acumen Law in Vancouver.